That's good. Well, I, I'll go with headband. <laughs> is, uh, is everyone is everyone good? Everyone recording you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. totally paranoid now that it's just nice. going to stop recording. And I, I know. know. <laughs> if it does, we, we should good. be alright to use the Zoom, but it's just like a yeah. an extra bonus, right? Yeah, so don't yeah. panic if it doesn't work because yeah. we have had people before that have just gone. No, I can't do that, and we're like. Okay. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Good example, really. Oh, um, God, the oh, no, you. <laughs> That's a great screenshot. <laughs> my <laughs> internet is actually horrific. That was a really I good free screen. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's going. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, welcome to the podcast. Six Bye. people on the podcast. Uh, yeah. Should be interesting. Lots of talking over each other. Is this yeah. the most yeah. people on the podcast? Yeah. Oh, you have. We've broken the record for uh, creative for podcast people, guests on the podcast. Yeah. I'm not sure what to call everyone, but yeah. <laughs> it's the uh, most amount of people on the podcast for the podcast. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah. That's exciting. I feel like we still have a wine or something. It feels like a proper get together. <laughs> feel free. <laughs> feel free to go and get some. Yeah. He's got his, his uh, daily, nightly Starbucks. Starbucks. It- yeah, it's daily. I'd like to say that it's not daily, but it really is. <laughs> it's an addiction. Think of the money you're throwing away. I'm spe- I'm spending it well. I think I'm getting energy out of this. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so, so who are you, and uh, what do you do? Who wants to go first? <laughs> you go first. <laughs> we'll introduce ourselves individually, and then we'll do us as a collective. So my name is Charlotte. I am a Midway Art Director. I'm from Birmingham, currently living in Leicester. That's me. (laughs) I'm Emily and I'm a junior graphic designer working with Charlotte Bethan. And I'm Bethan and I'm a junior copywriter working with Charlotte M. And then together we have formed back in March, we launched an online community called We Are Outspoken, which was kind of designed to help support and encourage and just be there for um, creatives and students and graduates entering the industry who just kind of wanted some friendly faces to lean on or ask questions to. And we focus particularly on um, female graduates and students in particular. Nice. How did you guys meet? We all work together. Yeah. Yeah, Mm. Sean actually... I'm sorry. No, you go. Sean actually actually sort of hired me in a weird way. So we met just before I joined um, at the office and then Bethan joined us about a year ago. Also, thanks to Charlotte as well, really. We're all here thanks to Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I first met Em in the back of a van, which is weird. I feel like Em... story behind that, surely. Yeah, I feel like like Em gets sick of telling this story. But we did... um, We did... So it was the first ever Birmingham Design Festival um, a couple of years ago. And our agency was sponsoring it. So we had the amazing opportunity to get involved with the festival somehow. And me and another few, well, there's quite a big team of us actually. Um, we were very aware of like how difficult it is to get a job in a creative agency 
Um, and also, you know, the problems with bias in re- like recruitment and the whole process of it all. Mm. So we wanted to do something that would like upturn the recruitment process. So like everybody's heard of that thing of the elevator pitch. So having like two minutes in an elevator with someone, how would you sell yourself? So our version of that was, we've got this van, this agency van, and you've got, I can't remember what it was. It was like- I think it was was 130 seconds. Yeah, it was 130 seconds in the back of a van to sell yourself, basically. So no CVs, no knowledge of past experience. It was open to absolutely anyone that wanted to come and have a go. And we saw like 57 people over three days. Um, And there was like a short list at the end. And then our creative director picked somebody to hire from that short list. And Emily was the person that was picked. Oh, wow. That's really (laughs) cool. You told that story way better than I have, Charles. Oh, no, don't be silly. (laughs) But yeah, it was really cool. So what did you say? What was your pitch? I honestly can't remember to be honest I was actually really cheeky and did it twice because I really completely messed up the first one because it was really scary like being a graduate and just putting yourself out there and talking to these I think there were three of you talking to three industry professionals and like Charles like a really good friend now but at the time I was like oh my gosh I'm so scared um but then yeah so yeah I completely fluffed the first one and then got talking to one of the guys from the van afterwards and he was like come and do your pitch again because like what you've just told me is perfect just like come back and relax and just say exactly what you've just said but then came back and obviously made a good impression but I think that was the reason why we put Emmy in the shortlist was because she came back like she didn't have to come back she could have just gone away and thought oh, you know, I didn't feel like it went very well, but that's it. But the fact that she came back and had another go, we just thought was incredible. So, but then the the like the work that you showed as well was amazing. Oh, but I think it was, it was such a good opportunity to see people in a way that you would never normally see them. Like one guy was really passionate about mixology. So he made us cocktails in the back of the van which was awesome, and then... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you got to break that down. So he brought his own kit? Like, how, how did yeah, he do that? Yeah, he, like, just got this bag out and, and like, pulled box. out... Yeah, he, like, pulled out all the proper shakers and glasses and everything. Um, That's impressive. I can't remember the cocktail he made us, but it was really strong. <laughs> and it was definitely bribery, but... <laughs> and like fair play to him I was all open to bribery <laughs> but yeah that I was... think you I think you probably needed a drink as well sitting and listening to 57 yeah, people what? yeah because the van was tiny as well so there was like at times there was like five of us sat in the back of this van and it was really hot so the van was probably a bit smelly so like like the people who were presenting to us were really nervous we were like like exhausted it was amazing but it was it's quite draining when like for hours on end you're hearing different people talk and stuff but yeah it was awesome i fully recommend it as a recruitment process to anybody that's hiring get in the back of a van there you go yeah 
<laughs> Maybe not, not advice to follow just in day-to-day life. Yeah, don't just walk into back of vans. That's not a good idea. Unless you know who it is. But um, definitely not police fans either. But uh, yeah. yeah. So wait, so what, what do you guys do then? Well, let's, let's talk about what you're trying to do and, and with the industry and how you're trying to help people and how you're using platforms like Instagram to do that and the podcast as well. Anyone can go. <laughs> Shall I go? I'll go. Yeah. So we, I think initially, it's, we've all been in the industry for slightly different amounts of time, but at some point we have all experienced in some way or form kind of some sexism. I don't think that would be a shock to anyone who knows the advertising industry well. Definitely but not. it's, um, so we, and then but because we've been very lucky, we've always had kind of each other and a, a big support group to kind of help deal with that. So we were thinking if anyone's coming into the industry and they don't have that support group, it must be really tough. So it was kind of initially born out of, of wanting to to be there in case anyone needed people to talk to. And I think as well, whenever you start off in any kind of career, there's always a ton of stuff you don't know and questions you want to ask, but then you're like, is this question too silly? So just kind of having a really informal group of people that you can just message for for anything, like should what shoes should I wear to an interview, you know, like any kind of thing, big or small, that's kind of what we wanted to be. Because we were noticing that there were these amazing, amazing women and professionals at much more senior levels, and they could be there to kind of say, this is where you can be and this is where you can get to. But there weren't a ton of people at the lower levels kind of saying, this is what we're doing day to day to kind of illustrate that journey in all its different stages. So that's kind of what we wanted to be was someone at the kind of early, early stages to kind of be like, this is some of the stuff we're coming up against. Here's how we've not handled it well at all. Handle it better than us. This is what, this is what we do. That's great, and that's, this is exactly why you're on this podcast now because it's, it's pretty much overlaps with what we're trying to do um, with, with Creative Waffle, uh, trying to help people like around the same age, just below us, just around the same age. So yeah, um, it's good. It's great. I think it's a really good idea, and uh, the more people that are doing this, the great, the better, the better the industry will be. The more people are reaching out and starting these things, or even just saying on their own Instagram, um, I think it'd be a better place. So yeah, really good. I think um, with the rise of like. Because of the way Instagram is now, because everybody sort of has their own brand and has their own platform and their own voice. I've noticed in the past like year especially, there are a lot more platforms like as popping up. So there's a lot more people who are going, you know, why can't I start my own thing? And like people are just doing it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And for different things as well. It's not just for... For, for younger people or or or, um, or just women as well, there's there's all sorts of things out there to help. I think most people now. I, I can't can't think of any any sort of group or uh, any type of person that hasn't got a support or someone to lean on if they just need to find it. That's the thing. So, like sharing podcasts and sharing things like this, sharing discussions like this would, would sort of make people reach out to other, other people that you may not be able to hear. Uh, I've avoided that really badly, but um, yeah. So so I want, I want to talk about. Uh, the sexism you faced as well if that's all right because i think sometimes people wouldn't realize what it is uh and, and how um especially uh maybe you really maybe you experienced it and then maybe didn't realize it was sexism until uh, you know a couple of years down the line or, or sort of further on 
Um, obviously, it helps us understand the issues as well. Uh, us, I mean, me, you know, white guy, white men. You know. <laughs> so, yeah, feel free if, if, that, if you don't mind opening up a bit and uh, sharing a few experiences. I think it would help our listeners. Yeah, not at all. Um, no, that's we're totally fine. So I think we've all, like I can we've all experienced slightly different things. So I'll 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 talk a bit, and then I'm sure that Charlotte and Em will have stuff to add as well. But if for me, without going to too much specifics, it's not always just like the really obvious like overt sexism or stuff like that. I think what I noticed and what kind of took me by surprise was kind of like all the I think like the term is microaggressions like all the little things that kind of build up and then make you over time they kind of wear you down so I noticed a lot and have noticed a lot that eye contact is a real big thing so in the past when I've been working with um, male part creative partners like if I'm sat in the room and he's sat in the room, people won't look at me, they'll look to him all the time. And at first I thought, well, maybe this is just a couple people. But then it was kind of like, I became really aware of it and started to look out for it. And he would consistently like get a lot of eye contact or when people wanted to get kind of our joint attention, they'd say his name rather than my name and they'd ask him questions, but not me questions and like I know that sounds really small but it does you know when when you feel like you're in a room and no one's looking at you and no one's acknowledging you it does really like erode away at your self-confidence it 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 does really have an impact even though when you say it out loud you'd be like well, someone's not really looking at me that much so you'd be like what are you, what are you on about that's not a problem but it was kind of lots of little things like that that really built up over time and and had an impact and people would come over to me and be like oh is your creative partner around and I'm like no but I'm here you know what do you need and they're like oh, we'd rather speak about it with him and it's kind of like well I can answer your questions too <laughs> but yeah there's stuff like that I think there's so many little things that go on as well that you probably might not notice every day but when you look at it across like a period of time you think well actually this is a problem like just the little comments that you hear around sometimes that might just be like lads talking with lads that you just think mm, that's not really appropriate or that's not really acceptable anymore because I guess advertising is such a stereotypically old white man kind of industry and in a lot of cases like they're the people that are still the ones there making the comments and you think mm, this needs to change and it needs to change so that you retain staff and that you're constantly like getting that new influx of fresh talent that's diverse. You don't want to be like driving them away because of the the comments that are floating around. Mm. I think I sometimes. No, go on, sorry. Go on. I think sometimes you don't notice when things have happened as well. Like for me. I've had instances where it's not until after the fact where I've sat and thought about something and I've gone, hang on, like, I really don't agree with what's just been said or what's just happened. Like, sometimes you don't even notice things because, I don't know, they're so they're so day-to-day or they're so small. But yeah, I think this is what like, I mean. Like, yeah. I'm not sure people will, will pick up on it. 
um, and maybe it's, it's wrong in these situations to, uh, to to do it. So then people need to know what they are and, and how people feel about it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, I think, I think people are, people are like definitely trying to change, aren't they? And like, even if they say something, for example, like you can still call them out on it and then they'll be like, oh, sorry, like it didn't, didn't mean it like that or didn't realize it. But I think it's important to like call it out and have these conversations so, so people can be more aware of what they're saying and the impact that it has on people. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the time it's not it's not done deliberately. Like I don't think people are are trying to like single you out or you know not acknowledge or recognize. It's just something that's kind of like automatic and people don't realize they're doing it. I I don't think that very often it's people are doing it on purpose. It's just a lack of kind of awareness that they're doing it. So is that a point where you, you need to speak up and like chat with them about it? pick up on it I think like in in an ideal world you would but then I think as well it's really difficult sometimes to voice it because there's a lot of fears about will people think I'm being silly or will it damage my reputation if I call something out will people think that you know like I'm a troublemaker or I complain I think there's all these kind of barriers that stop people from speaking out because they're worried about the repercussions I think we've learned as well (laughs) I think we've learned as well that sometimes it's best to pick your battles and that like we fully advocate for standing your ground and speaking up for yourself even though it can be scary but then it goes back to what Bethan was saying about the fact that we're all still learning we're all going through it but we've had instances where we've spoken out against something that we don't agree with and then maybe have spoken a little bit too soon or spoken without thinking and then actually, um, you know, maybe just gone about things in the wrong way. So I think it's always helpful to, I don't know, stop and think about what you do want to raise and what you don't want to raise. And yeah, it's just just tricky. Yeah, and I think that's that's when it's really good to have like a big support network that you can be like, oh, should I do this <laughs> or should I not do this? And have people that you can rely on to give you good advice in these situations because it is all uncharted territory and we, we do mess up. I think being able to voice things is a big skill that you don't necessarily learn from, you know, it's not something that they teach you of like how to raise issues in an appropriate way you know it's it it is there's an art to it so that's when it's helpful to have kind of people that you can call on and ask how you can go about it in in better ways or if it's just a thing that it's like do you know what it's a really valid point how you are feeling but so like Charles said sometimes you do kind of have to to pick your battles in a way this is interesting to me because this feels very, very much feels like uh, when we had the discussion with da- uh, Damien Graham and also you had discussions with you about how you know situations that I've not been through. So I, I'd rather let Millie and Yakub like share their opinions on it and um, me understand what everyone's going through. And uh, yeah, what's just what's going on, and I'm not really picking up on a daily basis because I've, I've, I've worked in places and um, I'm rambling to let Yakub and Millie formulate their, their thoughts. Um, but I've, I've worked in places where. You know, it, this yeah, this has happened, and I've definitely seen it. it was like one of my first jobs, there was 
the the owner of or the the part owner of the company was ter- terribly out out. Everyone could see it, but it was a, it was a studio of of men, and I can see that the women just put up with it. The camp managers um, just sort of put up with it, and that was yeah, you know, was wrong. And yeah, looking back on it, and I probably should have said something, but I understand not wanting to speak up, even yeah, even even not being one of the people that's being affected by it. But um, Millie and Yacoub, how how have you what have you faced any of this stuff, and and what are your opinions on it? Well, I mean. I'm me being in my first job and being quite a small studio. I haven't dealt with anything from my boss, so it's it's just me. It's me, Jamie, and Gabby in the studio, and we're quite all on the same level. Jamie being the boss, and Gabby and I doing the exact same thing at the exact same level. Uh, so I I haven't necessarily dealt with that kind of thing. I've dealt with certain things at like university and stuff like that. Like I got. I think I said it off podcast last time I got told that I didn't look like a designer which was the weirdest comment I can't remember the weird thing is I can't remember who said it but I've been I had been told that I didn't look like a designer which was the I think I just laughed it off at the time but yeah what do designers look like I think in their eyes someone who is uh, six foot something white and wears a brown coat (laughs) <laughs> so I've got I've got a picture of a designer. Yeah, it's someone like that, someone with a beard, someone a bit of a hipster carrying a laptop yeah. underneath their arm. Tattoos. Like, yeah, yeah, t- yeah. A few tattoos. Yeah, yeah. We had um, had a teacher back in Shillington who looked like spot on what I think a designer would be. Um, yeah, well, a designer shouldn't have a gender, a color, a race behind it. It's, it's just a creative field. You don't have to have a specific look to be be creative. I think it was the most. Do you think that was a bit of an off comment, though? Do you, do you how, how serious? The thing is, I don't know. I've dealt with. It, it's hard to judge who's being racist and who's being naive, kind right. of thing. Yeah, when you hear like comments, they're not trying to be malicious. And right, it's exactly. Just like a, it's just thoughtlessness. Like, yeah. I've had people. I've had people say comments to me, and I, I'm on the drive home. I'm like, is that racist? Or I, I, I can't tell. Like, te- some teachers in like high school. Um, not 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 much in university. I got quite lucky to have quite good teachers overall at university. Uh, but you think back at it and go, God, I don't I don't know if that was racism. I hope it wasn't. And, yeah, that's that's the issue. Because like, for, for me, if someone said, um, you know, you don't look like a designer. I in my head, I'm I'm thinking, oh yeah, a guy with a, a beanie and a, a t- loads of tattoos <laughs> and like a beard. And I obviously don't have a beard, so like, yeah. I, I wouldn't and someone with a you know one of his flannel shirts like open shirt but yeah I mean it's obviously it different count. people yeah it's obviously <laughs> different people thank take, you. take thank it you. differently the one day I wear a flannel mm. <laughs> but like one of those open ones where you, you can you know got a chandelier mm. and a coffee in hand so you got your heart halfway there you know <laughs> you know but, um, but yeah so how much of this is is how you take it because I think what um, uh, what Bethan was saying was a bit a bit different, slightly, slightly different in, in the fact yeah. that it could be more serious. Um, but it, well, it, how much of it? Yeah, it's about really figuring out like what their intent was behind it. Yeah. I think that's important, and whether they intend to or not, it is important to take them to the side and say that's not appropriate to say in any regard. Whether I think it's difficult though, as well. Mm. It's difficult, isn't it? Because Everyone's different, aren't they? So if they'd have said that comment, just someone that's got a really thick skin and you can just yeah. brush off stuff like that, they'd be like, okay, whatever, and it wouldn't faze them. But 
like I'm quite a sensitive person, for example. So if someone had said that to me at university, that would have really been really damaging. And like, right. it, it, I guess it's the type of thing that would stay with anybody, really. But I think often there's not a lot of consideration as to how things are going to be received and how people yeah. are going to take them and how that information and the things that have been said will be retained. Especially when they're in a crowd as well. You're much less likely to experience this sort of, like, whether it's sexism or racism, when it's one-on-one, you quite often will find that people just think they're being funny in a group. Yeah. And it's it's not, <laughs> but because they're in a group and because people are going to laugh at them and back them up or they think that they look big and clever or whatever, they, they would never make a comment like that if it was just I've had some weird, not even racist comments. I don't know if I can, should tell this story. I did a foundation course at university. I won't say who the te- the teacher's name. It, this wasn't a racist comment or anything. We had an end of year exhibition and I was hoovering the exhibition floor because I wanted the thing to look good. Mm. And the teacher, who was very old school, she didn't like designers at all, um, very set in her ways, came up to me and do you do the hoovering at home? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I live with my mum and my sister. It's, I should pull my weight and all that kind of thing. And she went, yeah, but do you use it for hoovering? And I went, what does that mean? And she literally said to me, I'll never forget it because there was a crowd of people around me. She went, oh, my my daughter's a dentist. I know what lonely boys do with hoovers and then left. And oh I was like, my God. I thought, I turned to my friend and went, did she just say that to me? I couldn't believe it. Oh, God. Wow. Oh, God. That's the, you, um, what has she, what has she experienced in her life? <laughs> I don't know, but I, I don't, she wasn't around much longer. Um, <laughs> you knocked her out. Surprised. Yeah? <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't, in hindsight, I should have made a complaint about that because that's not an appropriate thing to say to somebody, but, um, but be honest, have you tried it? No, I haven't, I didn't even know that was, I didn't even know that was a thing. I was no, I, I'd be scared like to try that. <laughs> oh, are we getting into that discussion? Yeah, like, no, but seriously, yeah, you gotta be brave to do that. But anyway, yeah, that's a bad comment. That's, I, I wouldn't, um, I'd probably make a complaint on that one. That's um, a bad comment. That's yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's, that's that's a strange one because that's definitely. Yeah, I was wondering where you were going to go with that one. A, I was wondering where I was going to go with that one. I'm going to use that. In, um, I want to do a stand-up routine one day. I'm definitely going to use that story. Yes. Yeah. If you know, if one. anything got taken out of it, I could use it for comedy. But yeah, but it's not an appropriate thing to say at all. But this yeah. is the thing, isn't it? It's like people think that different things are acceptable. Like people have, have different senses of humour, don't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, some people have such strange a weird one. ideas of what's <laughs> funny. To a student, like yeah. eighteen years old, I was probably. I think you're at university, like, and it's not, not even like you had a good yet. relationship. Like, if you no. if you had a friendly she relationship like as well, me. you might she have didn't been like, like me at all. She trying to be jokey with me or whatever. But if she didn't like you, then it's just not nice. It's just yeah. It's well, I think I remember seeing something like that on TV though. I, I know it sounds weird. I think there's a Henry the Hoover. No, no, I think there's a Henry the Hoover like sketch. Um, oh, I know you might have been on Russell Howard's Good News, you know, and uh, she might have watched that. And you're like, there's really? Henry the Hoover snorting cocaine and stuff like that. So it might have been from that. She yeah, might have so just that's thought it was what funny. She was yeah. Let's just go with that. <laughs> Let's go with that. Uh, I don't know. That's terrible, though. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know where to go from there, really. But, um, <laughs> uh, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to derail podcasts. 
Yeah. Why'd you say like that one for Mark? <laughs> yeah, take us home. Try, try, try to think of something. But uh, yeah, I mean, is anyone else any other comments? It's terrible comments. Because it... I was, I was going to bring up sort of my experiences That's with. Uh, <laughs> Mark saved it. Yeah. Saved it. Has have any of you girls ever experienced sort of like the backhanded privilege of being a girl, like almost like backward sexism? Yeah, yes, I see. Yeah, go on, Charlotte. Go, go. So, go. in terms of being given opportunities because yes. you're a woman and feeling yeah. like that's all that got you it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a really difficult one to navigate, isn't it? It is a because strange one. Because who wants, yeah, you don't want to say, you don't. people say this all the time about all sorts of stuff, whether it's because you're a girl or because of you've got it through someone or people want to earn things themselves, don't they? You want to feel like you've earned, like you've earned something because of your talent, not because of what, how you, like how you look or your gender or who you know or your, like, finan- like financial background or anything like that. Yeah. But as soon as you find out that that could have had an influence on where you've got, in something like a career which is like hard work and you yeah you 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 know what I'm trying to say like you've you've tried to you've earned it through like not talent but like actually being good at what you do and putting your time into it and trying so hard to get there and then like I've had people like implicate before that I've got somewhere because I'm female and it's a it's a male-based industry so it's of course they're going to want to go working in the office yeah I think especially at the moment because everyone's so aware of it yeah and you're you're almost like I'm either token now because mm. they they just need a woman but I think you've got to it's difficult not to let it sour an experience because it makes you yeah. doubt your own ability but I think you've just got to know your own value and know that you are there because you're talented not necessarily because of other things or like even if that may have been the case because I, I think I've had instances where I've only been in a certain situation because they needed a woman in the room. But then I feel like, well, I've taken that opportunity to prove myself and to prove that I deserve yeah. to be there. So I've almost flipped it as, well, I'm only here for, you know, to tick a box to actually, well, yeah. that might might have been the case, but it's given me the platform that I needed to show people that... Yeah. That you I deserve can, to I be can, there. Yeah, yeah, that I can present or that I can, you know, yeah, that I deserve to be there, yeah. Mm. But it, it's, it's really strange, one, isn't it? Because, because oh, I think I'm yeah. No, no, you're good. No, no, I was just going to say, it's a strange one because obviously if you are given an opportunity, you don't want to like throw it back in someone's face or be like, oh, I don't want that because I don't feel like I earned it or you don't want to complain about having been given an opportunity. Yeah. But sometimes it does feel like it's almost like backwards and back like a backhanded compliment because people say yeah people will say that and I think people again don't mean it maliciously like I know my mum doesn't listen to the podcast but she did say this when I said I was um I was happy because someone had shouted me out on Instagram and uh she went oh it's because you're it's because you're pretty and I went no maybe it's because I'm like good at what I do or like my work's good Savage and, from your mum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My she, she didn't mean it. Obviously, it was my mum. She didn't mean it maliciously. But I've had comments like that kind of all through my career. And when people say like that, it just it devalues your 
what you've achieved because it's as if to say well you didn't you didn't earn it through hard work and it's like but i did it's got like nothing and then it's like yeah sometimes you just want to yeah not like not associate what do you think of using that to your advantage though like like I don't know, like Charlotte said, you know, you're in that situation. Yeah, and then you can flip it on its head and you can use it to open doors, but then then you almost feel like Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's a strange it's a really strange one to navigate because all the time yeah. that I feel like I haven't earned something really like really, then I just I don't feel like I should like be proud. I guess of you can it. also turn it down as well. Like you could turn it but again it comes back you know, to what Bethan was what Bethan was saying was you, know, you maybe don't want to turn down opportunities or you don't want to speak up sometimes or you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think all you can do is know your own value and not worry about what other people think. Like, you, you've got no control over what other people think, really. If somebody thinks that you've got something because you're pretty or because you're a woman or whatever, then that's their problem, isn't it? All you can do is focus on what you're doing and, and show your value and show that you, you have got talent and you deserve to be in the place that you, you are. But it's difficult because it makes you doubt yourself. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Because, like, why should that be how we get opportunities as a woman? Like, being the total woman, like, I don't know, flipping it. Like, would that happen to a guy? Would, or would you look at it and think, oh, he's just got that because he's attractive? Or, I don't know. It just it only seems like something that's ever associated with a woman in design or. Advertising, yeah, it's very materialistic. Like, yeah. it's strange. Is it materialistic? Is that the right word? I don't know. Like, aesthetic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the words, but uh, yeah, it's just. A strange I don't know if it happened to a man. I don't know because it. it Why well, I, I, I thought think that was... when um, sorry, Mark, but uh, when I, I watched your talk that you did for the university, is it University of Birmingham? That you did the, the yeah, talk yeah, yeah, and you. One of the things that I loved about that talk is that you took all this bad advice and flipped it on its head. Um, and one that really struck out to me is the advice that was given to you about you can either have family or a career. I thought <laughs> I've never I've never heard that in my life. And I yeah, why do only girls get told that? that? Yeah, why do only girls get told that? I've never been told that. Yeah. But, we were we think? were talking we were talking about this earlier because we we were talking about some interview questions that we wanted to ask um, a female guest that we've got coming up. And we were going to ask her, like, we wanted to ask about her family and how she's managed to have kids. And then we thought we wouldn't actually ever ask this to a guy creative that had kids. We'd never say like, oh my God, how do you balance family and work? And it, we, we would, it was just weird to flag that with like, maybe we sh should we be asking her or should we be asking more men how they balance? You know, it was like a really weird... It's strange because it shows how it is just ingrained in all of us. Yeah. Yeah. But why is it that we put that on girls? I even had the same argument with my friends who are non-designer non friends, non-creative friends, but they, I know that I want to have a family quite young, like in my 20s at some point. And they're all like, but that means that you can't have a career. And I'm like, why does that mean I can't have a career? Like, why can't I have a successful career and have children in my 20s? Like, they're all like, no either not going to have kids or going to wait till they're in their 30s so they can establish mm -hmm. their career first. You would never tell a man that they couldn't have kids in their 20s. Yeah, no, ever. never. And I don't think any man ever even thinks of that. Or maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm Is just... Is it something you guys have ever thought about? What, having uh, babies or...? 
well like if you could have kids and still have a super successful career definitely thought about it um yeah. i think i think it'd be harder if i'm honest i think it'd be harder to um have, have a whole family and then uh run a, run a career alongside it especially depends what level you want a career to be at and um so i've listened to quite a few people that have had babies and their mindset completely changes to be, to want to be more family focused and this is men as well and um yeah maybe that's that's a thing where if you become you know, I, there is something i think i think uh the women are typically more attached to the baby because you know they've had, they've gone for the whole process uh of, of you know, feeding the baby and maybe you can tell me different but you know they they've, they feel more attached i think that's a maternal a mother thing um as well, and and it is is in in life, you know, where we're told as society, we're told, you know, sometimes it's changing now, but the woman um, tends to be closer to the baby, but uh, and maybe that's why they the the woman doesn't typically have uh, you know stays at home more longer with the baby, and, and then the man, I don't know, this is what um, society has told everyone. You keep going, uh, messing this up. Well, when it comes to. Uh... Like I, I like talking to my boss about his kids and his family because he's got that really good home life balance. His his wife works, he works. He's got two kids that are five and three, I believe. He's gonna kill me for getting that right if I get that wrong. <laughs> but um, he absolutely loves being a father, and I I was like coming into a career apprehensive like do i do i want kids one day and stuff like that and just see one day he came in with his kid like his kids came in and ran around the studio and i went yeah you can balance this this is something that we can do and um yeah it's, it, it's cool to see his dynamic with his wife who works as a beauty therapist and you know if if uh she's got clients at home he comes and works at home and looks after the kids it, it's something that um he can manage and i hope i think i think one day i'll i'll, I'll hope to do it too that's I good but... uh, there you go sorry do you want to go well i was just, just gonna say i wonder if um he yeah he could get further if he didn't have kids it's, i think that's what i'm thinking i think like, he's very he's happy. putting more time on it yeah that's great because regard- and, and that's at the, at the that's end that of mindset the day, switch right? at the end of the day money's money whatever whatever happens with your financial situation i think i think a child and having a family can bring you more happiness than bringing money in sure um, some people definitely and yeah i think yeah, it depends on some, your own personal priorities and your own wants yeah, in life exactly. and we're still bringing in really fun clients and stuff it's not like we're not getting business because he has to take time away from being a father he works ex- extremely hard you yeah, know and he, and he balances his um his work life around his kids because his kids are his number one priority at the end of the day <laughs> keeping them alive is more important than keeping a business alive yeah. well this I think is it's it. really this... important you go sorry i've cut you off again you go <laughs> it's important isn't it to see we have this conversation a lot to, to see like people in those really senior roles that are having a family and are juggling mm-hmm. it and are doing a really great job of it so it's important to see those the role models there so that you can see and think oh actually this is totally possible. Like we don't need to be worried about this. And you've seen a lot at the minute. Like I don't know if it's a new thing. I don't know. This might just be me being naive, but like shared maternity and paternity leave is yeah. quite a common thing now. Like where it's just yeah. an equal split. So it's not. It's not just. Oh, it's just the mum that 
takes all the maternity cover and the dad gets like three weeks off or something it's now becoming quite a equal split well me and my boyfriend have actually spoken about it in the past will probably kill me for bringing this up on a podcast <laughs> but we said that because i'm much more passionate about what i do and i, I love my job and he doesn't because he's an account man and it's boring we've actually said if we had kids he would just take it to take the lot i'd go back <laughs> i like i like my work i'd be the one who'd go back and he'd be the one who'd be like i'll take as much time off work as physically possible um yeah so i think i think that is it's becoming more normal and especially as i said it really comes down to what you want because if at the end of the day your life goal is to be at the top of your game in your industry then yeah you might say i'm going to sacrifice those other things but i don't know personally for me my life goal is to have a family and like to have that sort of happiness so the career comes secondary to that and there's a ways to make it work as well. I think about like my dad worked as a computer programmer for a lot of his life, which is a career that he didn't necessarily enjoy, but it mm. it was good for him. Um, and he he had jobs in America. He had jobs in Edinburgh. He had jobs in Wales, England, wherever it may be. And we just found a way to make it work. I, we went to California for three months while he was working there just to spend as much time as with him. Uh, even when my dad's in another country trying to earn money for his for his family, uh, his main priority is still his kids, very much so. And my my mum's a hardworking individual herself. She before she had me, she had a beauty therapy clinic. Uh, she did sell it because uh, after I was born. But even after I was born, she was working. You know, she's a receptionist right now. She's done uh, painting. She's done beauty therapy on like a freelance stuff. She's always moving. You know, so there's always there's always a way to make it work. I think, I think, I think it's of, just it's, sorry. <laughs> one of the things that we often bring up when we talk about it is like, um, I suppose you might refer to it as like hustle culture or just general like workaholicism, and mm. like this thing about late nights. And I think it totally depends on what kind of place you work at or. If you're a freelancer, like what kind of like work you put on yourself. But the thing for me that I can never imagine is how people can do the late nights and have a family. And I know that from people we've spoken to in the past, there's an expectation that you just have to work late. And if you don't work late, that you're not working as hard or, you, you know, you're leaving other people to pick up the slack. And it's just not true. Like, I think this culture of making people work late to get stuff done it's just ridiculous and i think that's what stops people from thinking they can have a family and have like a career it's, yeah, it, the work it can be an unhealthy mindset for sure because um yeah. i like me for example i don't mind put working late right now because i'm i have no kids and i'm 23 or whatever i think i'm 23 yep 23 <laughs> and um but uh i think of someone who we've had on the I don't know if the podcast will be released by the time this one is, but uh, Craig Black talked about um, you know he's not worked a weekend or an evening in years because he's he's found a way to sc- schedule his time and he's just, he's had, a just baby had a baby, girl. baby. yeah he's just had a baby girl so you know I he he's an incredibly hard worker you see him bouncing around all over the place and so he's clearly made it a priority to be there for his wife be there for his kid as well. I agree. I, th- I think there's uh, like going back to the the point of how far do you want to make it in your career? Like how like, 
how what what point do you have if you want to be at the very top like it's easy for design i think it's different for design and and say lawyers or or something different where it might be a bit more not com- i don't know design is quite competitive but i don't know i think it's different different sort of culture when Maybe not, because you hear stories about... I'm going back and forth in my head now, so it might not make any sense. <laughs> we don't know what you're talking about, Mark. I know, I know, I know. Um, if you want to get right to the top, how? where's the point where you say, okay, this, this is the time, I, I, I can't... Yeah. I can't have kids or I can't have a family right now because I'm, I'm really pushing myself now. I'm really trying to get to the, the very, very top of design. I'm really trying to get, um, I don't know, fly yeah. around the world to, to hire and speak with clients and um, all sorts of things. Like, the the way I always look at it is that my parents it's not it's not design related what they do but they run their own company they started that after me and my sister were born I mean if they could start a company that's been very successful and they've done a very good job with it all while raising two girls then like they proved yeah. that it's possible like it's this not like, it, but like how, it's not like when you have kids musk? that's it you can never go higher because you yeah, can't Musk has got like four kids <laughs> but like I can you be it's... Elon Musk and just have a family and like be actually he's, Elon he's got loads of kids yeah but like actually dedicated to the family like how much is he dedicated to the family or is he now at a point it's... where it's all just running automatically I think it's so difficult to measure though isn't it because like his family is going to be completely different to our family and it's just yeah. it's just different isn't it but like our bosses have all got kids and they work super hard and they're constantly flying around and left, right and centre, but then equally, I do feel like they do take the time out to then be with their families and mm-hmm. they'll, they do balance it. So I guess like it's totally possible. It's just having the determination to do it, I guess, and like pushing through it to get there. I think we should have this conversation again when we all have children. That'd be interesting. See how, see how <laughs> yeah, we'll, just be a, we'll just be a lot more tired. <laughs> well, you've completely gone. <laughs> yeah. <Take you> back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's even harder when you're a woman as well, though, isn't it? Because you go, is there a certain time I need to do everything? Like, if well, there I. literally is. Well, yeah, because yeah. if I wait till I'm successful and then decide I want kids, then I'm going to be past my sell-by date and then it's going to be too late. So you go, I've got to make all these decisions now. Like, do I want kids? Do I not want kids? Do I want to be creative direct- director? I don't know. This <laughs> is a- one of the reasons that Paula Sher talked about. I mean, it's only one of them when I talked to her about this, but um, yeah, there was, ton, there was tons of reasons that Paula Sher gave uh, for, for women not being in particularly top top design uh, roles, say like creative directors or, and obviously we are seeing more and that's fantastic. But the majority of agency owners or um, directors at the right at the top are men. Um, that's one of the reasons that you know, women don't fancy getting right to the top or, or don't speak up as much as men or aren't aggressive as much as men. Or you know, they, they, if you go back, I need to go back and watch that podcast. But she gave these reasons, and it was it was good. Um, and as someone that's done it and is at right at the top, it's interesting to hear to have taken um, point of view on it. Mm. Um, I think going so, back you, just to yeah, what we were talking about then was something really interesting that just I was just thinking about and it's what what our our idea of success actually is because yeah. I feel like the way we've been talking is that 
we're only going to be successful once we're CDs and once we've got our own agencies and we're yeah. absolutely killing it. But to be honest, I feel like we're all really successful already. Like we're already in the industry. Like we're smashing what we're doing. So I think maybe we need to maybe still have like the goals and the dreams, but actually just to take a step back and say, you know what, we're we're yeah, doing yeah. really well. Yeah. yeah, being able to live in the moment is definitely important. yeah. Yeah, we've so I've had this conversation that. with this lot before. Sorry, talking over. No, time. go on, go on. Um, yeah, we had this conversation before. Like, I'm such a like always moving on to the next thing type person. Yeah, me too. Like I'm That's always good, looking though. forward. Like where can I go next? And which I think is good because it yeah. drives you and it's like ambition and like the motivation is always there. But I think it is. It's so important to like sometimes stop and give yourself some credit. Like I'm yeah, always yeah. like oh comparing myself to different people like even if it's not a comparison thing like yeah okay sometimes it is but often it's I have this idea in my head of exactly who I want to be and like I want to get there yeah sometimes I just I think and I stop and I force myself to look back at where I was last year or even like three months ago because I feel like a lot's happened (laughs) in lockdown and like since I've finished uni and stuff but yeah sometimes I just have to like make myself like physically consciously think about it how far I've come and what's changed in my mentality and how much more confident I am in what I do and things like that. And yeah, sometimes you do, you just have to you stop and just be proud of yourself and think, yeah, you know what? I'm actually, I'm doing all right. I need to stop, yeah. stop forcing myself to be better all the time. I think if you don't do that as well, you're going to get yourself into such a hole and yeah. just be miserable. And like, you need people around you as well that are going to help pick you up and be there to remind you that actually you're killing it and, yeah. You don't need to be so hard on yourself. And not being ashamed when, like, if you're doing something that you're really proud of that's not work. Because I always think as well, like, we're in creative careers where our job is to be, to have different ideas and to sort of create different things. You know, we're not going to achieve that by literally just working our whole lives. Because where would we get inspiration from? Or, you know, we have to take that kind of creativity from somewhere. So I think it's, it's like if you can be balanced and pursue things that you love and be interested in lots of different things, that's also a real measure of success because ultimately that will end up feeding into like your work life and the outputs that you make from that as well. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, really like, all that on my out stuff, all the football stuff that I watch and all the, all the <laughs> football shirts and culture I get involved in all impacts what I do as a, as a job. Um, so I guess I'm very lucky in that way. But yeah, I don't know. I, I I agree with giving yourself praise and everything. I think that's fantastic. You think you should do it. You know, have a go, go for a few beers with work friends and give yourself a bit of praise you know, once every couple of weeks, or whatever, if you're doing well. Uh, <laughs> but but like the the ambition of, of always wanting to move forward, I think that's such a good for me. It's such a good mentality. I love it. I think it's uh, always wanting to think we can do better. I think that's I think it's a really healthy mindset in my mind. Is that I a bad? Think thing? It is a healthy mindset, but it can be a bit draining. And we're gone. <laughs> come on Millie we did alright we did alright for the most part yeah <laughs> she always pauses like... in the funniest way oh. <laughs> so what did you think of it what do you think of it oh sorry I don't even know how much did you hear of what I said um, I said Nothing. I think I think it's a good like it is a good thing and it is really motivating but it can be draining like there was yeah. a um, a quote that's always stuck in my head and it's kind of relevant but kind of not have any of you seen the film Limitless with Bradley Cooper oh yeah yeah it's a really good film and he's like on all these drugs that make him do like really crazy stuff and he's like always achieving new things but there's like a little quote and he's like if I wasn't moving forward I felt like I was drowning 
like if I if I wasn't like yeah if I wasn't swimming forwards I was I can't remember how it was worded but it was really clever and yeah and sometimes I, I definitely feel like that I feel like if I'm not sometimes if I give myself a day off and I think I haven't achieved anything today today hasn't got me any further then and I feel like I'm like I've, I've lost something but mm-hmm. I think sometimes I that's like that hustle culture isn't it it's the like you're always all your time should be towards making yourself a a better designer or a better entrepreneur or whatever it is which yeah as mark says is good it's a healthy mindset to have as long as it's managed i think part of making yourself better designer is is the break and it's the time away from it as well and that's what's not talked about enough you're not burning yourself out yeah 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 i think um, i think it's like a real it's just like an always on thing I think with our generation especially like everything is always kind of available and going on all the time and then when you're seeing everyone else do really successful things even though it's actually like a curated section they're only showing you the bits they want to see that gives you the impression that everyone else is doing stuff all the time so I would like respectfully disagree a tiny bit with the always moving forward thing because I think sometimes actually you could you can go backwards and that can be really healthy because you might realize that you've just started off from a completely wrong point and you change direction and maybe that would still come under the moving forward as you're yeah. kind of moving anyway but I think there's like this pressure to always be improving yourself and it's like yeah. nah mate sometimes you just want to watch Netflix and not think about anything it's like you say with the, that, with the, that sometimes you're moving backwards but it's still forwards it's like they say it's not like a straight line from A to B. Yeah. It's like a, yeah. <laughs> like this. Because there are that's points the, when you're going back on yourself, but actually in terms of development, you are moving forward. Like you, you, you're just doing good things. And like you yeah. might have stayed in one place for like a week because you're taking a week off and like just chilled. But in terms of the actual overall process, that's got you a lot further than work, working for a week would have done. Yeah. It's uh, two step forward and one step back is still one step forward. That's... Very true. <laughs> well, I don't even see Netflix as being a step backwards. I, I don't. It's not a because we need no, that time not. to switch you off. I, mean, I get it, like, and, and that's something that I've realised over the last couple done. of months. Um, and, and something I'm trying, to, Mark. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep thinking about. Um, is, is this? Oh, Spotify's done Headspace integration, sort of. Well, it's not. I don't know if it's Headspace, but it started doing playlists, and it's got like a mindfulness built in to it, and that's it's been quite good. I don't really like the ASMR feel to it, but. It's good. It's pretty. It's, it's a pretty good. Like some of the stuff he's saying. There's an Irish guy. He's, he's, I like his voice. He sounds good. Um, and some of the stuff he says is it's like really wisdomful. But I'm always there is something about me that yeah I don't know. I don't know. I do like to move forward. I don't think there's. I, I think that the the breaks and stuff are good. Um, it's just that here's a good example, right? So me and Millie were talking about it the other day, and uh, I said okay, I've got this job at this football club, Arsenal football club, London club, pretty established. I would feel like I was taking a step back if I took a job at a lower league club or a, a club that wasn't as good. And for, for me, that's like, a, that's like a fine thing to say. I think that's... And I disagreed. Yeah. Because <laughs> I said, for me, it'd be about the job role, not about the prestige yeah, of the company. Exactly. So if you, for me, if, even if it was like a middleweight design job uh, at, say, a lower league team, I would still say, see that as a moving backwards. I think that's... I still think that's right. <laughs> well, even if you were, like, even if you had more responsibilities and you were, yeah, that's I could be running. I could be running the yeah. show. If it, if it was a, if it was an order shot, I would like. It's no, it's not the same level. But I suppose it's almost like saying you're a junior designer at like Dixon Baxi, and mm. then getting hired as a 
like creative director at your local agency like yeah, I, I, would go I would want to be a creative director <laughs> like I don't care where it is no I think that's a, it's a really good discussion because like, for, for me I think that's a really bad move I think you should wait wait out at Dixon Baxi and see what other big London agencies or Dixon Baxi say when you get to that level I'm of not fussed about the prestige of being at a London agency you still get to do just that's as great, good then. and meaningful work as well, we maybe not but yeah. Yeah, but you could. Because studio, local studios could be doing shit work. Yeah, well, I've only got there for the room goes to a shit agency. Well, if, you, if you're hired as a creative director, aren't you going to turn that around? Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> We've worked with um, a couple of people who have been creative directors and then moved elsewhere and taken lower roles. So moved back down to senior art director or whatever because they didn't enjoy being creative directors and... Like, they weren't actually doing work. So they were moving up in their career. Like, more responsibility, more money. Like, sounds great. It sounds great. Um, but then they didn't enjoy it because they weren't producing anything. Like, they weren't making any work. So actually, even though on paper they'd moved forward, they felt like they'd moved backwards. This is a, this is a good point. Because for me, that would be still moving forward because you, you're in a happier place. You're in a better place, sort of, well, mentally. And, and you're doing more, better work that you, in your mind but then yeah I don't know that's strange that's an interesting sort of contradiction isn't it because yeah. like, if you really didn't like your job then I think any getting out of that anyway is a better move forward but yeah that's an interesting one I hadn't thought about that <laughs> I guess it kind of contradicts the whole career ladder doesn't it like why do we have to move up a ladder like we should just be moving in a direction that's right for us and comfortable for what we want to be doing it shouldn't necessarily be in my opinion, anyway, be about the title, or yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah, it's about moving, moving more towards where you want to be, and yes. that the sort of like the ultimate like dream job and the happiness of doing what you would love every day. I mean, yeah, if you have and the to work move like up and down and around and all sorts to get there. Then I think for me as well. Oh, you go. Sorry, I was just gonna say, like, it's about the work that you're actually doing as well. Like you could be creative director, but hating the work that you're doing. So like Charles was just saying, like you you could be much happier working on work you actually want to enjoy at a lower level as such. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I yeah. think as well, like we hear a lot about dream jobs and like people, and I think, but probably more, not there are some people that land their dream job really quick. No doubt about it. But I think as well, it's like the process to getting a job that works for you is kind of underestimated because I think you're more likely to have a path where you fall into jobs that aren't your dream job. But then it's kind of learning to learn from those and see the good bits. And then finding out what doesn't work for you is just as valuable as finding out what does work for you. And that's going to take you in like a real squiggle of a pathway to wherever you end up. You're right there. I, I've I've gone through many uh, designs, well, not many, but I've gone through about three design studios, um, which I then I found out, you know, the third one, okay, design studios aren't for me. I don't really like working in a design studio on projects I'm not too keen on. Um, so I'd rather work. And, and it took me a couple, of, a couple of years after doing work on my own freelance stuff to figure it out that I actually just want to work in football design. So I need to find a job in a football club, um, which obviously, yeah, luck, thankfully done. Um, after a, a year of, really trying hard to push that way and contact the right people and get in touch with the right people and build up relationships and things but you're right it is is a massive process to getting a job that you really like 
should you that's a question should you be grateful for for the first job you get then like for the I guess you can oh, take always. it different ways yeah, yeah I would say I would say like no well I think this is something that we say a lot as well no experience is a wasted experience but exactly. I also don't think that you should feel like overly indebted to people because I, I think mm-hmm. whether you're a junior or a senior employment is like always a two-way street you are getting something from them and they'll always be getting something from you so I think it's it's learning to appreciate bits and like learn and grow from jobs that I don't know if you should feel like I think yeah um, should you feel grateful for getting your I don't know I'm not sure I start thinking of it and set you up to see what you like and what you don't like and you can learn from that Yes, definitely. Be maybe it's just being like grateful for the different experiences, but not necessarily just being like, "I'm just so glad that you hired me. I owe you my life." Like, maybe not that far. <laughs> yeah, thankful for the for, yeah for the experience. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think if we, I think we're always doing all right if we're talking about being hired in the design studio yeah. in 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 the UK. I think we'll be all right. Um, but yeah, uh, you can, yeah. Sorry. No, go on, go on. I was gonna say you can learn. You can learn from any experience. I didn't necessarily enjoy working at Deliveroo, cycling around, <laughs> but I learned stuff from it. I learned that I don't like pedaling a bike over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's important, isn't it? Like I was gonna say this about what you said with the I've frozen again, haven't I? Yeah. Did I freeze? Yeah. <laughs> back, yeah I'm back. back. I'm back. Um, yeah. What I was gonna say about the um, you saying you learn what you do like and what you don't like. I think it's important to, to have like a range of uh, like experiences as well because as you say first sort of job I worked in a pub I worked in lots of pubs and I knew I didn't want to work in pubs for the rest of my life but it does it teaches your work ethic it teaches you that yeah, exactly. it teaches you that sometimes work has to come in front like come in above the stuff that you want to be doing like seeing your friends of a weekend no I've got to go work the five to nine shift in my life you have to have those experiences pulling pints yeah and then like when i worked i worked in a a marketing agency for a year while i was at uni and i i knew i enjoyed the job but i didn't realize how much i enjoyed it until i went and did an internship in london in an in-house team Mm -hmm. and i loved that too but it made me realize that the thing i was doing before was actually what i loved and i wanted as much as i was on good money in London and everyone goes on about the London design scene and I was working for a very well-known travel company yeah. and getting loads of free holidays and it was great <laughs> um I actually preferred the the local stuff I liked working in a local agency I liked doing working with like small independent businesses and things yeah. like that and it does like those different experiences do sort of force you down different paths because you work out where where your like preferences lie so where does this you, come you, from you're then gonna... with Where's do you like... want to go or do you want me to go? Nah, you go, you go. I was, go, was going to say, you. Um, I've actually forgotten now. If you only have <laughs> good experiences, you're going to learn a bit less. I think. Yeah. I think you're yeah. going to learn more from bad experiences. Definitely. It's like bad clients. You learn You learn so much Like as, a, as an independent designer. Mm-hmm. If you work with bad clients, and they're not so many bad clients, but things go wrong in the job. So yeah. like and you, learn you didn't scope it out or you didn't mm-hmm. do a contract or you didn't take a deposit, like all these things that you do early on and very quick, quickly realise that you need to be doing those things. Um, and yeah, the bad the bad stuff does teach you. It's, a, it's an interesting one because I... I think um, I'm talking about ambition again and talking about careers and career goals and um, to get to the top of the design, the design scene, if, if that is a goal of yours, like 
uh, Emily saying she's really you know, would be really happy working with yeah local businesses, and that's what makes her happy. Like that's great. And I think it's it's really interesting to hear that the difference of of uh, goals. You don't have to be at the top of the design scene to be to be loving it, or, no. or probably you probably hate it to be honest. Porsche hates most of the design world. Um. <laughs> well, me, me and you had this conversation the other night, didn't we, Mark? How like I've, I've never even considered being a Porsche. Like you know what I mean? Like whereas, say, some people might want to be the like the very top of designer. That's never even been on my agenda uh, to I've be. I've just, to. Yeah, I've just never even thought about it. It was only when Mark said, I was like, oh. Maybe maybe that should be my aspiration. I don't know. I've never really just. It's always just been, yeah, just be the little local, local go-to designer. But is there anyone else? Uh, it is weird how that. different different goals are the same, huh? Yeah. Uh, if, if any of you you wanted to be at the very top. Um, I don't know. I it, oh sorry. Not you, Q. No. Not, not you. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't talking about. You. No, I know. Sorry. I'm joking. Go on. Anyway. Do, do you want to go? Oh. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just going to say, it's not really it's nothing I've ever really thought about, to be honest. I think I think things have just ended up falling into place and you end up building a reputation for yourself. Not necessarily, not necessarily because you wanted to or you're expected to, but you just build that up based on the work that you're doing because you're passionate about it. And it just might be the direction that you go in. So I don't know, I can't speak for her, but if Paula Scher, I don't know if she would have at the start of her career been like, I want to be Paula Scher. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? I don't, if that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Like, it's yeah. Is that maybe like something that just happens. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Maybe she doesn't even realise how incredible she is. But I don't know. Like, I always used to think she, this when I was younger and I wanted to be a pop star. Like, do pop stars, like people, like famous musicians, do they start out practicing in their garage or whatever they do, or like singing in front of their computer, thinking, I want to be like number one one day? They probably, like, most of them don't. And it's always that, isn't it? It's like, if you're passionate about something, it's not, it's not about the fame and the fortune. It's about just getting to do what you love. I don't know, because like with footballers, you definitely think you want to play in the Premier League and, and listening yeah. to. Miley Cyrus was recently on well, yesterday on Joe Rogan um, talking about this, and um, it's interesting. She, she's very aware of like how famous she is. She's like mega famous; everyone knows her. And like it, but being sort of thrown into it by her parents was obviously is obviously a different thing from, from our dreams of being a singer or a footballer. But um, oh yeah, I think as a young footballer, you always want to play for the top teams, and maybe that's different for singers. I don't know. I think it will change. Like, I think if you'd have asked me when I was at uni, I'd have been like, yeah, I definitely want to be a creative director. I want to be like super career focused. And like now after doing it for a bit, I've kind of tried to, I just think I've just reevaluated where I'm at. And it was like, and what you were saying, it's like what, what success means to you. And actually like yeah, my yeah, yeah. perception of what success means to me is constantly changing. Cause you know, you get to experience more things and, and then you your ideas of what that means changes i think and does that change again when you, you know, when you have a baby or like, do you suddenly become more and i'm asking an open question do you become more like more more family orientated and think actually i probably some people probably should just focus on the family i'm pretty happy with this and 
It's great. Then I um, will let you know in 10 years' time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like maybe you should have the juices think about that before you have the baby, whether you want to move in a more family oriented direction. So, yeah. like, point. oh, it's here. <laughs> what? Fair point. What, yeah, but um, it's, it's, there's loads of things, isn't there, like, that can that influence it, like, whether it's having a baby, whether it's like you discover a love of travel and you want to take a year out and you want to go traveling mm. for the year, like, do you say, no, I'm not going to do that because my, my career is more important and I can't afford to take that break? Like something, Yeah, sometimes it's just stuff that you have to choose to prioritise, I suppose. What other issues do um, people come to you and speak to you about? Um, it's often just kind of like how... Often we find it's kind of like how to handle different situations, would you say, girls? Yeah. It's like, this is kind of... Or I'm, I'm in an agency and this is happening, like what what do you reckon it's often just like really low-key conversations with people where they're sort of like this is what should I what should I do or what did you know it it is pretty casual it's it's what you'd kind of what we hope to be is like what you talk to your friends about that kind of yeah vibe but people who actually know the industry and know what it's like. Wow, well, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, sometimes if I talk to my friends about stuff that's going on in the office, they'll be like, I don't get it. But, yeah, yeah like, it's nice to talk to people who are in a very similar boat, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. We're still in the infancy, really, of, like, what we want to do with the platform. So, like, we're very much taking everything at our own pace. <laughs> so we're, like, established on social media at the minute, but we haven't got a website, so we're building a website at the minute, but we've got plans for that on like having different spaces where people can voice their opinions or like come to us with different things and would like to go and talk at universities and do workshops and stuff so Great. I think at the minute it's been very much um I think because of the time of year and with students graduating a lot of people have been coming to us just for general advice on like how, how do I get a job what should be in my portfolio this has happened at interview how do I react stuff like that and then like picking up on stuff that's not been like directly said like we've noticed a lot and from our own personal experience as well like how big of a um how important confidence is like if people who are more confident regardless of their skill level it's just it's it's just a massive advantage if you can be confident whether you're starting off in your career or or you're later on down so we've been kind of like picking up on stuff like that and then thinking oh wouldn't it be amazing if there was a kind of workshop that we could do where we could figure out different ways that we could boost people's confidence is that even possible it's so it's it's a really exciting actually because it's kind of like the start we've got all these like crazy ideas that we're like we don't even know if this is possible but we want to give it a go that's really cool though it's exciting it'll be exciting to see where it goes the confident ones is huge yeah, yeah. i think oh, for definitely. everyone and yeah that's such a such a big thing how how would you do something like that how would you give someone confidence apart from like just kind words <laughs> how does it stick i don't know i feel like yeah. that's something that we've got to try and find out by speaking to different people and like thinking about experiences that made us more confident i don't know what would you guys say was an experience where you felt that your confidence was boosted by something or do you have any of those it's like going to be used as our research <laughs> i i if, if, do you have anyone else have one i've got i got an idea um, what you could do I, I got thrown into a situation where 
I, I went to the, this event called Two Plus Two. I don't know if anyone's heard of it. Uh, so it's a workshop. There's like, I don't know how many people, a couple hundred people there maybe, and you get put into a group of random people. And you get given a brief. Ours was an organ donation. And the winners get, or, or the best briefs get put in a situation where they get given a microphone and talk in front of the 200 people. And we were, and our group was one of those. And I was just handed a microphone and I said, well, sink or swim. And then I think from that moment on, I got like an initial laugh. I think I made a one-off joke as like the opening line. And as soon as I got that initial laugh, I was like, oh, okay. And then from there, my confidence kind of grew. Mm. I think confidence is such a tricky one though, isn't it? Because we've been talking about this and with guests and graduates and stuff and how confidence has got such a, like a, a stereotype associated with it and how that's like a really loud, like strong person. Whereas you can be quietly confident as well. I think that's something really important to remember. And that you don't have to be shouty and like all over the place to actually be confident. I think so much of it is in body language and like what you don't say as much as what you say as well. Like I've done um, a workshop on presentation skills in the past and they teach you about like stand-up comedy techniques but also about personas and like... Um, it's mainly for public speaking because like one of everyone's biggest fears is public speaking, isn't it? And that I think that applies to whether you're in front of a, a crowd, but also in like interview situations where um, you know you might be feeling a bit nervous or not very confident. And one of the things I tell you is um, to adopt a certain persona and portray yourself in that way. So, for example, to adopt the persona of a president. So imagine how a president speaks. A president would speak really slowly and put pauses in words and emphasise things using their hands. So actually by thinking about the way that you're saying things and not what you're saying, it helps you to get you out of your own head, but also it gives you like tools that you can use. So rather than just going, oh, be confident, like you're great, you'll do really well. I think there's definitely little tools and little tricks that really help people just as like it, I don't know, it's just nice no, to have 100%. something that you can fall back on. Like if you are yeah. feeling a bit nervous, just go in. Oh, it's well, more like I just actionable advice, isn't it? Like actually something you can do rather than just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, em totally. The empathy. Just be confident, you'll be fine. Oh, God. I mean, yeah, like just... the whole, like, uh, don't, whoever said, imagine a, a room of people naked. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> the worst tactic. <laughs> Yeah, because then you're just <laughs> focusing on what everyone would look like naked and you forget what you're talking about. So like, that, that doesn't help. And there are, seven, like, there are definitely giveaways when people aren't confident. Like one that we talk again a lot about is when people are like overly apologetic about their work or how they might lead in with like a kind of um, like a self-depreciating comment and be like, oh, this, this is really rushed. So it's not that good. I'm really sorry. And like immediately... That's something that you, if you can avoid doing that, you'll you'll already be putting yourself at an advantage because you're not putting thoughts in someone else's head. Yeah. Also, don't show people rushed work. That's a bad idea. <laughs> but like, that, I agree, I agree with that because this is a good, it's a good segue onto onto the thoughts I had. So with work, the the way that I'm thinking about the way I've I've built up a little bit of confidence. I would say I'd hope I've got a bit of confidence in the work I've done and, and where I'm at. 
um, by speaking to other people and uh, getting feedback on it and just bettering it. I know I'm talking about moving forward again, but um, it's just constantly making your work better and better and better. And, and eventually you, you will have, because if, if you're not confident in your work, maybe it's not good. Maybe that's, maybe you've got to be honest with yourself and maybe say hey, it's not at the level you want it to be um, before you go into the interview. And how can you make it better before you go into the interview? Yeah. That's, that's a fair, I think a fair comment It's a good make. argument because, yeah, if, your work, if you're confident in your work and every time you create a new piece of work is better than the last... Then, or you can speak confidently about it as well. Yeah, you exactly, can, you, you can justify. You can justify why why you think it's good. Well, if, yeah, if you've got meaning into the into the design work, and it's not just a pretty piece of design. That's one yeah. thing that always comes up in interviews. Someone's explained to you to ask uh, uh, ask you to explain a bit of design work and why you've done a piece, and you can't explain it because you haven't put any thought behind it. There's no meaning in the actual design work. It's like it's just there because it looks cool, or the color palette is one of your favorites, or. Uh, there's no real thought behind it. So if you have thought behind your work, I think you can talk behind it, talk about it a bit more and a bit more confidently, and you understand the process you did, you went through to uh, to get to the final product. So that's a, that's a big one. Talking to people as well. Obviously, this podcast has helped me massively. The talking to people and and being part of the community and um, that will help your confidence. That'll, that'll definitely just being among yeah talking. To, I think communication and honing your communication skills or having a chat with your grandparents and see how long you can make it last. Like just, just communication just seeing how long you can hold a conversation for and just making it better or even what my granddad's taught me is, is get into a lift with someone and just try and have a conversation with them like that's scary that's really scary or even on the phone like now and now I've become a lot better on speaking on the phone as well because it's something you practice and like anything you're not going to you're not going to get better at it if you don't practice it or you're not going to get better at speaking about your work or you're not going to get better in interviews or you've got to go through a few interviews before you, you know, do have a good one I think um, unless you're amazing and you've got all the confidence beforehand but yeah it's an interesting one confidence is a really good one I think it's something we, we should probably talk about more on the podcast and how we should, yeah, just have a whole podcast dedicated to it but I think there's definitely a few ways that we've just spoken about that we can go from yeah <laughs> anyone else got any ideas and thoughts on confidence I know I rambled on there a bit I think there is a confidence gap which comes back to kind of like a gender thing as well I think that often you know there's that cliche of like if a woman is confident she's kind of it often sips into arrogance and I suppose that applies for men as well but I think often when we've spoken to some female students they do tend to be a bit less sure of themselves so I, I do think that there is there is a gap in confidence that would be interesting to kind of uh, there, well there's a there's this stat as well which oh, I can't remember the exact stat but when women are applying for a job advert they'll only apply for something that they're like 100% qualified for so as long as they meet and you know like some job adverts are just ridiculous they want you to be able to do everything um whereas men will apply for for job adverts they're like 70% qualified for so there's this kind of like perceived competence yeah. gap as well that's really that's, interesting yeah, and then and then you end up having, you know, more um, male applicants in a job pool that you can pull it's from. Circle like goes, yeah. Yeah. Talk, so how do you arrogance. fix that? Oh, sorry. No, go on. I was going to talking of that whole arrogance thing with with like females. I was taught quite young that if you come across as confident, like if you so if like if you force yourself to come across as confident then yeah you're more likely to get a job or whatever like even if I wasn't feeling confident I would always do that like put on that persona and pretend like I really was Mm -hmm. to like sort of give me that advantage 
when I left one of one of my first design jobs, um, the boss actually said to me, he, he was a pretty sexist man anyway, turned around and said to me, when I first thought, when you first started working here, um, I thought you were confident, but I took it as arrogance. He said, but now you've been here a year, I can see that you, you deserve to be that confident. After a year? And I was like, yeah, but like, you know, like I was confident in what I was doing and like, I felt like, yeah, I, it was, I was sort of showing what I was capable of doing, but he took it as arrogance and it was only, yeah, it was only later on that he was like, oh, actually, no, she, she's not arrogant. She's actually aware of what she does. Like, it was just a really weirdly backhanded compliment. I was like, yeah, you? <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> weird. But yeah, I, I see what you mean. Like I've experienced that, like it being interpreted as arrogance when it's it's not it's just yeah there's always weird um for like the divided connotations as well when it comes to confidence in men and women like i don't know if you have a confident woman then maybe you are seen as arrogant or bitchy or i don't know like then it confidence in a man is just seen as always seen as positive whereas no, i don't know it's not always not the same oh, well we- just Stereotyping, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine because it's that's that's part of what we're talking about today and, and trying to understand each other. So, yeah, I mean, you keep. Have you seen that? Because I know from my examples at like school, um, we you know, have people that are confident and we called them cocky and stuff. And looking back on it, probably we were just like quite a confident person when we weren't. And uh, it's also there are people that are arrogant and uh, assholes. So, like, Yaku, what have you have you found anyone that's stereotypes? What? In school, well, like in jobs and stuff, or, or like places you worked and shouldn't be there, and how have you dealt with, even yourself, like confidence and not not going over to arrogance? I I, I had the the issue of arrogance for a while. I think I, I'm quite happy that I was able to fix that problem in my mind. Coming out of the foundation year um, at my uni, it was only me and Gabby. Uh, who now I work with, were the only people that were interested in design in that class. And then I went into the first year thinking I was the shit. And then within a month, I realized, oh, there are people here that are way more advanced and I need to humble myself. So I, I guess I was the arrogant prick in that, in that in situation. That's but. a fair point. I think I've been the same. I, well, I have been. I've talked about this before on the podcast. I've been exactly the same. It's interesting, actually, because yeah, now you say it. Oh, it yeah. It's important to put yourself in your place in that in that time. Otherwise, you're just going to sink, right? If you keep thinking you're the shit, and then it turns out you're the shit yeah. instead, <laughs> you're just you're just going to continue to sink and not progress. Mm. I think it's just like knowing that there's. I think maybe the line is the kind of there's a time and a place for it. So you know, it's like you don't want if someone asks you, you know, like in an interview situation about personal achievements and stuff that there's a time and a place I think where you you don't want to put yourself down you can state those things without worrying about being too arrogant because that's something that they've asked you and it's like appropriate in the situation obviously if you're Mm. going around telling people randomly all the things you've accomplished maybe that's that's when it tips into the other part um well I I hadn't even accomplished anything at that point I just (laughs) thought I was a I thought I was already a good designer and it turns out I really wasn't I think now I've managed to find a, a good level of balance where yeah, I'm confident in the work that I'm doing, but I, I don't think that I'm better than anybody by any means. 
Yeah, and maybe I, that's, that's a good like, distinction. <laughs> that's why I like being in the studio that I'm at because Gabby, who was in, in the same university as me and now working together, Paula Scher said on our podcast, you know, surround yourself with people who are better than you or you perceive to be better than you. I look at Gabby's work every day and go, Christ, that's good. You know, she's one of the most talented people I've I've ever met. And it, well, that's it, how you get ahead as well. Ideas. Exactly. Yeah. So it, you know, you can't put yourself on a pedestal all the time. It's interesting though, because there must be people you look at and think, oh, well, because you got the job. I mean, there must, I assume well, if you get a job, you're obviously better than some people at design. Like, you're putting it that black and white, but I know what you mean. I'm, I'm sort of messing around here. But yeah, you're not, you're not, just because you can design something, it doesn't mean you're better than the next person. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, it, I know it doesn't sound like it, it makes sense, but in my head it does. Um, yeah, confidence. Well, confidence is an interesting one. I, cause it, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, it's something that you you, can, you do build up over time. And one thing that I've had issues with wanting anything now, you know, that sort of thing. With where you, you are a young designer, and we've talked about this, Yaku, where you feel like, okay, what? what I don't know, like Aaron Draplin's got this amazing merchandise company and you know, he's got field notes and all these things going on. Why can't I do that now? At least moving with the podcast, you know, we can see that we're starting off loads of different strands of everything, like events and, and um, I don't know, uh, series and different things going on there. We want everything. For, for me, I feel like, okay, now we need to do everything now. We need to have sponsors, this left, right, center. And yeah. I, I'm like, it's only when you're keeping, I mean, it came on where you know bring, bring me down a little bit and that's good so. <laughs> bring back to earn <laughs> yeah but i think that's i think that's a, a young person thing as well i have, I have this conversation mm-hmm. a lot like the, the culture that we are in with the internet and the digital age like everything's about instant gratification we're so used to when we want something we just get it like whether yeah. whether it's refreshing a social feed or ordering something on amazon next day delivery or if you want to watch a program you just download it off of yeah, netflix or sky demand or anything like that like we're so used to if you want something you just get it there and then and i know it's i know it's silly things like yeah a tv program or like a a, something you want to order but it it does it i think it gets in your mindset and we're just we just we're impatient i think as a generation we just want everything at the snap of a finger we think we can Mm. just get it and i definitely feel that as well and i think recently because i've become aware of it in myself I've tried to firstly remind myself that people who I look up to and admire have done things like somebody might have done something and they haven't done it until they're 45 or they'll have worked in an agency they didn't like for 10 years and then left and then started something amazing. So I have to remind myself that, you know, people haven't all achieved everything by my age. People are doing things at different points and I think it's really easy to forget that when you're looking at something and you're like oh that's amazing why am I not doing that but then the other thing that I realized is that sometimes I oh I feel like that because I want other people to think I'm successful so I want other people to look at what I'm doing and think oh they're doing really well or their work's amazing or whatever so when I'm feeling like that I I try to tell myself to like stay in my own lane and I'll I'll make something that I'm not going to show anyone else. So I've just started um, a a new illustration project, actually, that I'm probably not going to show anyone else. And it's just for me to hone my own skill. And it's to, like, try and remind myself to just focus on what I'm doing rather than, like, doing stuff to show other people that I'm doing stuff. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, that's, that's one idea. of the things that's come up a lot on the podcast. Yeah. I've, I've, it's something I really need to work on because I always feel like everything I create is for social media. I like, but it's and it's, for, it's like, yeah. you feel like you're doing it to keep up. So like you'll yeah. see people who are like constantly churning out amazing stuff and, and you're like, oh my God, I need to be doing that. And I think you have to remind yourself that like you don't have to be doing that. I think it's a really important idea that whole like creating for the purpose of creating like not for the purpose of it being seen by someone else or being yeah, validated it, by someone else just it totally doing goes, it for you yeah sorry it totally yeah. goes back to what you were saying earlier um you know you were talking about like not being able to have a day off without doing anything, anything productive because yeah. you feel like you've wasted your day I think Hustle if you <laughs> still like you still do something in where you feel like you've been productive or you feel like you're better in yourself or whatever but you don't have to share it with other people yeah. like it can just be for you so you still feel like you're moving forward and you still feel like you're achieving something but it's like you don't have to stick it on instagram yeah yeah it's important definitely i've, I've really found once we've got a solid job i well i say solid once i've got this job it, it it's um it really made me think about how uh, how much I'm putting out there and, and what I'm doing, what people are seeing. And um, yeah, ever since February, I've, I've gone on this bit of a spiral of thinking about social media a lot more and, and how much I'm putting out there and what uh, I want, wanting just social media to just be a professional place rather than um, pictures of me you know, having a few drinks down the pub sort of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been an interesting one and interesting learning curve. And yeah, definitely been more, more focused on just sharing certain bits more conscious mm. of stuff and not being on social media as much and also learning about how social media is built to um, being an addiction um, how it's built to like a slot machine I found out the other day that it's just, it's the scroll when you scroll down to refresh the feed that's like a slot machine it's like it's built purposely like a slot machine yeah. put, put in the handle hoping you get something good and I thought wow that's that's powerful that's, that's a bit scary it's um, scary isn't it yeah yeah so it's a bit like that thing i always find it i know this is just like a random social media fact but um i think it was on a i know i'm not allowed to say i'm on the on that say this name on the podcast but i think it was a christo video I, uh, yeah i didn't know that sorry. was a bad name sorry mark it's annoying this is this is a good conversation to bring it up it's a good point to bring it up no it's only <laughs> it's this, competitive, this is because um I, i'm yeah I, i've when i started the podcast i thought oh, why can't i be like chris well actually no it's a so I was about 50 episodes in, I think, and then I saw the future and found Christo and found all their amazing stuff. And I thought, shit, I wonder why, why am I not like that? Like, we're not at his level yet. So I'm not, yeah. Anyway, doesn't matter. I've gotten over it. He's not coming. He's not coming on the podcast either because he knows I'm a dickhead, so it's fine. It's so funny. It's like taboo on here to mention his name. No, it, it's like he's he's refused to come on the podcast pretty much. So it's all right. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's fine. He won't come and talk about it. Uh, maybe maybe someone will point this his way and we can. Public cuddle. I've met him and he smiled. At, you know, it's, in the photo, he's really nice. And yeah. but he's so been him. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He is a nice guy if you meet him in person. And he's very business focused. I'd like to talk to him about about this, about you know, how how young people are looking at him or other people. And yeah, anyway, doesn't matter. Yeah, I was going to say the social media thing. This is a random fact to throw in in the conversation. But like the fact that carousel posts. I don't know if you knew this, but the reason why everyone kept doing them was because. The longer that you're looking at a certain person's post, the more Instagram are like, oh, people must like them. So they put you more on people's feeds. So by doing a carousel post, obviously people have got to scroll through 10 slides, whether it's just an image or it's got writing in it. The longer people stop and look at your post, 
frozen again, haven't I? On your post, yeah, the more popular you are. Yeah. Did I froze? Yeah, I think no, I froze. No, get it. We've got the point. People, yeah, the longer people stop and look at your post, Instagram, the algorithm gives you more, like, value. Yeah. And your post mm. will show up more on people's feeds and obviously you grow mm. quicker. But yeah, it was, I just thought about that and I was like, it's such a con. <laughs> like, it's such a con. Yeah. Like, all of it, it's just about getting, they just want people to be on the platform as much as possible so they can make money from the advertising. That's literally it. They don't, it's not, it's not for people to, to enjoy. <laughs> it's just for them 100%. to make money. hundred <laughs> percent. It's evil. Evil. So we're all going to get off social media, right? It's all going to no. stop. <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah. You can't change me. <laughs> I've had to stop looking at the, um, uh, you know, especially in lockdown. When we started lockdown, I put the thing on my phone that tells me how many hours I'm spending on a certain app or whatever. And I'd put like a 10 minute um, thing on Instagram. So it like tried to kick me off Instagram when I've been on it for 10 minutes, but I just used to turn it off anyway. Yeah. And then it was telling me that I'd spend like hours on my phone. And instead of doing something about it, I'd just like turn off the notifications. <laughs> 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 live in ignorance and just like carry on scrolling. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Screen time. So bad. Yeah, yeah. demoralizing. <laughs> Oh, well, we have been in lockdown. <laughs> yeah, I, this has been good. Can we can we finish with one um, tip from each of you? How to uh, how to how to give confidence or how to um, reassure people or uh, yeah, I, what a bit of advice for people out there that typically come to your page or typically come to you. What sort of um, a, bit, a bit yeah a bit of a tangible advice that you give to people that are potentially coming into the industry or struggling coming into the industry and we'll go around the whole room so everyone including Millie and Yuku. Ah. <laughs> okay. um, I think something that I believe in quite a lot is just just be yourself and there's no point trying to pretend to be something that you're not because eventually you'll be caught out and there's just no point so just believe in yourself and just stay true to who you are. Great advice. By the way, you can't repeat other people's advice, so I think, think you've had oh, come up with one that's quick. Me Got in there for it. Yeah. <laughs> I think my thing is that I always repeat is to not apologise. So don't apologise for taking up space in a room. Don't apologise for the work that you've done. Be proud of it. Be proud of what you've got to offer. You know, even if it can be better, it's it, it's still great. You've still made it. Just don't apologise for who you are. I love the sentiment of that, but if you smash someone's car in, then you've got to apologise. Yeah, I do. I, I'm going to caveat it then. If, if you're a dick to somebody, then, you know, <laughs> then apologise. Then apologise for being apologize. horrible. But... <laughs> That's funny, yeah. Sometimes it's uh, needed. Yeah. Who's next? Right, my, my one is going to be... What's it going to be? Right, I think... I've always been like a very anxious person and very an- like when I was graduating I was like so worried about how I was going to get a job and then I was worried whilst I was in the job and then I've been worried after the job so like basically worry is like the constant theme so I suppose like once you're starting out try not to look too far ahead would be my advice like just focus on the short term like do your day figure out what you want to do that day get it done and try not to worry so much about like will I get a job in in the future or what will that job be or where will it take me it's just like a trust the process type thing trust the process yeah, yeah exactly take it one day at a time yeah that's a good one Mini, you could. oh 
Uh, I, was going to start, I was going to say stuff like just do the things that make you happy and eventually those co- that confidence will build. Cliche, but it, it works. <laughs> it's very cliche, but it works. Uh, like, for example, I in the third year of uni, I was trying to, I was, I was building my confidence back up and I thought one day I'm going to buy black and white checkered pants. And I, was, I was like, I like the look of these pants. I'm going to wear these pants. And I, that was the first time where I wore them out. Normally I just wear jeans, at least at that point. And I was like, these pants make me happy. I'm going to wear these pants. And I started feeling more confident saying, fuck what everyone else thinks about my pants. I'm going to wear my pants. <laughs> do you, do you mean trousers or, or like trousers anyway. whatever this same thing. <laughs> we all dialect. know you were born in connecticut <laughs> right but... oh we almost made the entire podcast we... <laughs> you started going all american um uh so Good, Mark frozen, up. Oh, yes. <laughs> frozen up sorry yeah. Mark. you're gonna have a right job editing this podcast um so it's organic it's authentic as well um my advice would be take opportunities always if there's if there's something available to you i've not only in design but i've seen a lot recently with a lot of my friends graduating and stuff where they're not taking jobs because it's not their dream job and i'm like we're in our early 20s like your job that you get now is not going to necessarily be the one that you want to be in Mm. but you don't know what what doors that's going to open and it's things like people like if you get offered an internship or you get offered work shadowing or you get offered a cup of tea with someone who was in the design industry and they've said, come around and you can pick my brains. Do it. Do those things. It's like with Emily, like you took that opportunity to go in the back of the van and say that, do that <laughs> elevator pitch and it got you a job. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that, that was there. You didn't have to do it. You could have just walked away and not thought about it ever again. But there's, there's always things and you never know where things are going to lead you. So if if you get an opportunity, if, you, if you're saying no to things all the time and thinking, nah, that, that doesn't sound convenient or that's not exactly what I want to be doing right now, then, you, then that's that. That is that door shut. Whereas if you say yes, even if you don't know where it's going to take you, it could, it could really benefit you in the future. I've found that personally in my own, in my own experience, my own design, designer journey. So... Yeah, that would be mine. Mine, that was a lot better than wear checkered pants. <laughs> <laughs> I like that advice too. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, I guess I've got to give one. So um, build a network, speak yeah, to people, and that you'll be you'll build confidence from that. Build a network and speak to people. I've always, yeah, I think that if everyone did that, then everyone would be a lot more confident, I think, personally. That's, that's what I think. But um, yeah, this has been good. It's been a good chat. It's I've, been I've enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks so much for having us on. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Do you guys want to tell us where people can find you? Oh, yes, probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably should do that. <laughs> where can they find us, girl? <laughs> I'm just going to triple check. We had problems with our names on social, so we've got a slight, like there's one underscore difference in our Twitter and our Instagram handle, and we always forget which one's which. So we'll just say, <laughs> so like, double check. This is super professional. <laughs> you can edit all that out. So on, Instagram, <laughs> on Instagram, we are, we are underscore outspoken underscore, and then on Twitter, it's we are underscore outspoken. 
It's all right. I'll leave the links down in the description as well. So yeah. it's all good. Yeah, thank but, you. Um, <laughs> this is funny. Yeah, uh, great. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. It's been good. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Ta-da. Oh, wraps up. <laughs> oh, that was really good. Oh.